Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. Hope you're well. Um, we're going to look in uh, Zechariah chapter 13. Uh, and I'm very grateful to Joshua for the great work he's done with uh, these chapters. Uh, whilst I've had a few days away, which was lovely to go away and have a bit of time up in North Yorkshire. But um, Joshua and I do have a bit of a joke, which is um, a bit like this. You know, when I go to uh, Nando's occasionally with, say, my family, um, you watch my, um, say, one of my children eating Nando's. And basically they will kind of leave loads of chicken on each piece, you know, the wings Whereas you look at my plate at the end and basically I've stripped it. It's just literally a few little pile of bones left. OK, and uh, Joshua and I kind of say as we go through Zechariah, we often say, is there anything more nice and tasty that we can get out of this chapter before we move on? Yes, there is. There's more morsels to to let's not move on yet. Let's have a look again. And so uh, Joshua did a great job looking in chapter 13, uh, handling that whole passage really there. Uh, I'm just going to pick up on a couple of little chewy, delicious bits that are here for us in chapter one, chapter 13, verses one to three. On that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. On that day, I will banish the names of the idols from the land and they will be remembered no more, declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirits of impurity from the land. Now, in chapter 12, just before this reading, as Joshua explained last week, they uh, were speaking there about how people, the people of God will be pierced as they and they will mourn as they look upon the one that they had pierced. They will mourn as they look upon the one that they had pierced. And so there is this kind of spirit of repentance that they have as they look upon the one they have pierced. And of course, this is what Peter picks up on in Acts, isn't he? When it says that uh, as they realized that they had uh, pierced the son of God, they were pierced to the heart. They were cut to the heart and said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter, of course, on that occasion said, well, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Now, here, 500 years earlier, Zechariah is giving in chapter 13 a solution to their mourning and their repentance that he speaks about in chapter 12. He says in chapter 13 that in answer to their mourning and their repentance, there is a fountain that has been opened that will cleanse them from their sin and impurity. They don't have to stay in mourning and in grieving because there is an answer. Their repentance is not in vain. Now, this idea of a fountain that is being opened is not a novel idea to Zechariah. In fact, back in Leviticus, Leviticus 16, we read there about the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement involved two things. Um, alongside the elaborate ceremonies, there was basically the sprinkling of blood and there was water that would wash and cleanse. And so we find this combination of the sprinkling of blood and a cleansing that comes with that. 
Now, in Ezekiel chapter 36, Ezekiel picks up on that very theme. And in chapter 36 and verse 25, he says, I will sprinkle water on you and you shall be clean from your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. And so Ezekiel prophesied that there would be this sprinkling that would come that would bring cleansing. Now, Zechariah takes it one step further here by saying it's not just going to be a little bit of a sprinkling, but there will be a whole fountain opened up that will not just sprinkle a little bit, but will be abounding and flooding provision of God's grace to provide complete cleansing. It's going to be a fountain, a pent up spring that is suddenly going to be released, that is going to bring complete cleansing. And this is what John in his gospel picks up in John chapter 19. We read there that it tells us that John observed that instead one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. And then he goes on to say, and he quotes Zechariah chapter 13, they will look on the one that they have pierced. Sorry, chapter 12 he's quoting. And so there John equates the uh, sudden flow of blood and water that comes from Jesus' side with the piercing that is predicted in Zechariah and the fountain that flows as a result of that piercing. And so John actually sees that this is a fulfillment of Zechariah, that Jesus is the one who is going to bring complete cleansing through his the fountain that is opened up through his death. And of course, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter nine and verse 13 that the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer were sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean to sanctify them outwardly. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? And so uh, there in Hebrews, we are cleansed completely through this fountain that is opened up for us. Now, it tells us in Zechariah chapter 13, and verse one, that there are two results of this. Joshua looked at two more results later on in the chapter in terms of dealing with idols and dealing with heresy. But in this verse, we see two initial results that come. And that is that we will be cleansed from sin and from impurity. There are two things that happen. Sin is dealt with and impurity is removed. You see, there's a slight difference between those two things. Sin is something that offends God and merits his wrath. And as John Stott puts it, uh, God's wrath against sin is his steady, unrelenting, unremitting, uncompromising antagonism to evil in all its forms and manifestations. The wrath of God against sin. And theologians use the word propitiation to describe how through the sacrifice of Christ, the wrath of God is satisfied. 
So the, the, he is no longer angry with us because Jesus has taken his wrath upon himself. And so our sin is removed. Our offense against God is removed. Propitiation has taken place. And then there is also a removal of our impurity. And so we are removed the guilt and the defilement and the pollution that comes from sin is also removed. Our sin and our impurity. Theologians talk about expiation. Expiation is the cleansing or away from guilt. It is the removal of guilt. The effects of sin in our lives are removed as well. And so there is both propitiation and expiation. I sometimes think of it like this. I only thought of it this morning, actually. But um, when our kids were little, we had this little way of training our children, which was that we left a coal bucket on the hearth and it was just there because we had it. Um, but we didn't sort of remove it out of their way. And we taught them. We kept saying, you're not allowed to pick up. And it was one thing that they were not allowed to do in the lounge, which was to touch the coal. It was always risky and uh, probably went wrong on some occasions. Um, but it was now if, imagine if a child having been told repeatedly that they're not allowed to touch the coal was to in flagrant uh, disobedience to that command to pick up the coal. Uh, and there's two things that happen as a result. One, the parents would rightly be angry because they had told them and taught them regularly not to do it. And so there is a, a wrath and anger that comes uh, because of that. But then there is also the mess that is made and the, um, you know, the, the, the stains that are left as a result. And so it is with us. There is propitiation. God's wrath is removed because we disobeyed him, but that has been removed. But there is also the, the stains that are left the, the coal, the black, the darkness that is left on us, that is also removed through expiation. And that is the result of this fountain that has been opened for us. And I love the account of William Cowper. I've preached about him before, and I'll just finish with this. William Cowper, uh, who was uh, uh, one of England's greatest poets of all time. And he was born with a sensitive and fragile disposition. And then his mother died when he was six years old. And he ended up uh, very, very depressed and ended up in an insane asylum. But whilst he was in that insane asylum, he was entrusted to the care of a Christian who shared the gospel with him. And Cowper then said this, immediately, having understood the gospel, I received strength to believe it. And the full beams of the son of righteousness shone upon me. And I saw the sufficiency of the atonement that he had made. My pardon was sealed in his blood. I could only look up to heaven in silent fear, overwhelmed with love and wonder. Now, as a result, I'm not going to say that Cowper's the rest of his life was easy. In fact, he suffered from depression regularly, but it was his understanding of the gospel that was the light that kept piercing his soul through the rest of his life and helping him through the rest of his life. And he wrote the famous hymn, which is worth quoting, and I listen to it quite often in a different version uh, by a different band, but it is a beautiful hymn. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there have I, as vile as he, washed all my sins away. 
ear, since by faith I saw the stream, your flowing wounds supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Dear dying lamb, your precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransoms church of God be saved to sin no more. There is a fountain that has been opened and we can live in the ongoing benefits of that. And so let us pray as we finish. Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you that we no longer have to suffer your wrath and we no longer have to carry our sin and the burden of our guilt, that you have removed all of it and we are cleansed and we are in your love and in your favour. And we pray that today we would know that, we'd experience that, we'd live in the good of that. We would know that you are for us, not against us. And uh, Lord, that you are here to help us and to be with us because you have dealt with all the barriers that were between us us and yourself. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take care. Take care.